We're continuing with Ruth chapter 1, with Pasuk Tezayin. Ruth said to, to Nomi, don't insist and don't beg me to abandon you. To turn away, turn back from you and go back to Moyav, because wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you sleep, I will sleep. Your nation will be my nation. And your God will be my God. Now, the Loshna Altifke EB, which means not to beg and not to beseech me. Right? Begging, beseeching. She's saying, don't insist and don't persist and don't beg me. Because I'm I'm absolutely decided to go with you and to become Jewish. Now Tivgi also has the Lush Pegia to strike at someone, Vayifka boy. So Lushan like striking, killing someone. So the Rabshlema uh, Alkavas, the Shurish Yishai, brings that she was saying to her, you, you're hurting me. By telling me to go back, you're, you're preventing me from, from pursuing my heart's desire to become Jewish. In fact, Chazal learned from here a very important concept, that the fact that Ruth didn't wait and didn't want to waste time, she was so uh, persistent at going immediately and to convert right away, the Chachamim learned from here that when somebody has made a decision to become Jewish and they procrastinate to carry through with their plan, um, it's something uh, that's not right, it's not good. It says that um, one of the things it says that some of the converts in history went through a hard time in life says the Gemara, why? It's because they procrastinated when they were ready to, to become Jewish and they took their time. They didn't immediately act in um, to go tachas kan ashkina. And we learn it from Ruth. Because later on, Boyaz tells her, Yishalom Hashem Schorech, he blessed her that Hashem should give you the reward for pursuing your goals and your, your, your ambitions, your, your aspiration to be Jewish. With, with swiftness and with speed. Okay, so Ruth is saying, Altifkibi, don't hurt me, you're hurting me. But interesting, the Chedor says, very interesting thing. He says, why is she using that lotion, Tivki, which means also strike? Has both meanings, has the meaning of begging and beseeching, also means to strike, to kill someone. And she explains to, uh, he explained that Ruth was saying to Naomi, uh, you know that the Neshama of Gerim were always Jewish. It's just an asham of a Jew that fell into amongst the goyim, and sometimes it says, and it says in Kabbalah's form that the asham of Ruth fell amongst the goyim. It needed a tikkun, and when the tikkun already happened, she was ready to join the Jewish people back where she belonged. She, she said to Nomi, "If you force me to go back, you're killing me because what will have to happen? My asham has to become Jewish. This is my tikkun." But by pushing me away, if I go back and I listen to you, I'll have to die again and come in a second Gilgul so that I can fulfill my destiny to become Jewish. If you don't let me become Jewish in this lifetime, 
I'll have to then die and come back in the next lifetime. And why do you want to make what do you want to make me do this? I'd rather do it now. So that's what she was saying. Atifki, don't make me die. Don't kill me and have me come back later in another lifetime. This is my destiny. I need to pursue it. That's what the Chidah says. Then the Gemara says very famously the Gemara in, in, in Yavomis that, that that when Ruth um, wherever you go I go this was actually um, involved it involved a conversation there's an exchange going on here in this pasuk between Ruth and Nomi wherever you go was actually a response to a comment that Nomi made which is not mentioned explicitly in the, in the text because Allah is saying that what went on here, that Nomi was guiding Ruth through the process of conversion. And she did what a Bezdin is supposed to do to a prospective convert, to discourage them. And the way we discourage another, the Gemara says, is brought down in Shulchan Aruch. You tell them first that the, all these very difficult mitzvahs you have to keep, but if you're not Jewish, you don't have to keep them. You tell them about the punishments for the, some of those Averis, which as a guy you don't have to keep. You don't get punished, you don't keep it. Now you become Jewish, you're taking on a load of risks. So this is what she was saying. The first thing Nomi told her, there's a din of Tchum Shabbos and Tchum Yantav. You're not allowed to go more than 2,000 cubits, which is about... Um, a foot and a half per, you know, it's about 3,000 feet, right? 0.6 of a mile. Now to go more than that outside the city. So she said, okay, wherever you go, I go. That means I will keep to the restrictions of the Torah, like every other Jew. Then she said to her, Basha Tolini Olin, she told her, uh, Nomi told Ruth, you know, if you become Jewish, there are certain laws of Yichud, that you can't um, be together with a man in the same room, you have to avoid certain things. In one message it says, she also told her about mezuzah, you can't sleep in a house without a mezuzah. All these restrictions put a lot of strain on, on the life of a person. So she said, I will sleep the way you sleep, with a mezuzah, and I will be careful with yichud. Amir, Ami, your nation is my nation. She, this was a response to another thing that Nomi told her. She told her, we have 613 mitzvahs. So she said, my nation is your nation. I will keep the, I will keep the same 613 mitzvahs as your nation. In fact, the Shlema Al-Kavad says, in Sheresh Yisha, Amir is gematria taryag. How so? Because every letter is a, is a number, as we know. Tough is 400. But then, according to uh, the Svarim, the sources, we know that the final letters, like Chof, final Chof, final Mem, final Nun, and final Tzadik and final Pei, also are numbers, but they're numbers in the hundreds. So if Tav is 400, the next one is final Chof, and the Chof. That's, um, <clears throat> that's uh, um, 500. And then final mem is 600 and so on. So then, so the final chav is 500. So 500 plus ayin and mem, that's another 110. 
that's 610, and the three letters of Amich is 613. So according to Shlomo this is actually a hint to what the Gemara says, that Ruth was trying to tell Nomi, I understand that there are all these mitzvahs that I have to take on, that I as a, that as a Goy, I wouldn't have to, but my nation is your nation, and I'm accepting all 613 mitzvahs. <clears throat> this is when she Nomi told her, you know, you can't worship your idols. And and we, you know, as a Jew, you're not allowed to worship idols. And, and the Moabites, they do worship idols. So she said, no, 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 your God is my God. Now the Bafoshim do ask the question, I mean, Goyim also can't worship idols. In what way was he sort of telling her that by becoming Jewish, you're taking on the restriction of Avedizova? It's one of the seven mitzvahs b'nei Leach. So the one of the answers they give Yalka Dagrashuni says that Enchanami b'nei also mitzuv on Avedizora but not b'aynes. In other words, a Jew is supposed to go and mesiras nefesh al kiddush Hashem in order to avoid worshiping Avedizora. But Raman Paskins and Eches Mulachim that b'nei Noach don't have the mitzvah of kiddush Hashem. So she was telling her, yes, it's true. You now you're also commanded on Avedizora, but not to the same level of extreme as we Jews. We Jews, even if your life depends on it, you're not allowed to worship idols. And that's what she was telling her. Ben Yehoyada says, another pshat, that she was telling her, not only can you not worship idols, which is true even before she converts, but she can't even benefit, have a no from, a, from, from an object, which is a Vedizor. <clears throat> okay, now, um, the question is, uh, she started off by telling her the Din Tchumin. Now, Din Tchumin, we pass, and Tchumin is only the Rabbanan, that a Jew may not leave beyond 2,000 Amas outside the city, is not Medatayr, it's Med Rabbanan. was Nistaken by Shleiman Melech, which was a few generations later. How could she tell her about Tchumin when there wasn't even Medatayr, and it wasn't even, the Rabbanan wasn't even instituted yet? So, Ochlaner says, um, there's a Shittis Arif that says that even though Tchumen is only the Rabbonan, that's only the 2,000 Amma. But there's a, the, the 12 mil, the 12 mil, which is the, the size of the camp of, of the Jewish people in the Midbar, that's Minatera. That's the Shittis Arif. That, 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 according to everyone, is Minatera. So, according to that, you could say that she was telling her about the 12 mil, which is Minatera. But in the Targum, in the, 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 the Aramaic translation, it says clearly that she told her not to go more than 2,000 Amas. And that's a pellet because it's only the Rabbanan and only came later. Now here's the question. Why would, would, would Nomi tell her about the mitzvah of Tchumin? I mean, a mitzvah which is only the Rabbanan, why would she not tell her about the more serious mitzvahs? As the Gemara says, that a ger, somebody comes to a Bezdin, we tell them some harsh mitzvahs, some serious mitzvahs. Which is Tchumin, why would she do that? So the Chesim Seyvah says a very interesting thing. And then Yichud. Yichud is also only, I mean, for her, Yichud is a, a woman who's not married. The Isra Yichud is only uh, instituted by David Melech. After the story, the scandal with his daughter Tamar and um, and Amnon, 
So though the Melech made it his best and made it a color that even a single woman should not be alone with a man. Before that, the Issa Yichud was only on a married woman. So this happened in the time of David. David wasn't even born yet. So why is she telling Ruth about Yichud when Ruth is not even married? She's a single woman. There are no laws of Yichud for her. So he says like this. Um, so the some Sefer says that when 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 Orpah left the uh, Ruth and Naomi, she left to go back to 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 Moyov. So Naomi was telling Ruth, "Look, and according to one medrash, this was Yontif. I know there's a different medrashim. Some medrashim say it was Erev Pesach they arrived in Beis Lechem, but according to one medrash, it was on Yontif. So she said to to Ruth, look at Barbara, she went back to Moyav, she was over on Isatchum. Now, they also left on Yante from Moyav, but they went to Eretz Yisrael, which is a mitzvah. And the Gemara seems to say that for a mitzvah, for a mitzvah you'll rather be mekel on Isatchum, since Tchumen is only the Rabbanan. And to go to Eretz Yisrael, it's okay to, to violate the the, 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 the takana, the rabbinical command of, of Tchumin. But Oprah went back to Mayav, she was violating Tchumin. And also, she went alone, and on the way, she there were some men, that she was alone with them. And as the Gemara says in Saita, that some things happened, that later on, uh, brought into the world Goliath. So... <clears throat> She was telling her, look at these things that, you know, Orpah can do and you're not doing, you're not going to be able to do that. And that's why she said, no, don't worry. I don't want to be like Orpah. I want to, I'll, I want to observe the mitzvahs, even the mitzvahs of Tchumen and the mitzvahs of, of Yichot. So even though she was single at that time, she understood that if she gets married, she has to be very careful. She, she shall be careful with Yichot. So now the next person, she said, Basha Tomusi Omus, wherever you die, I will die. Chazal say that this was a response to Nomi telling her that um, the Arba Mises Bezden. She was telling her the harsh punishments that are given in Jewish law for certain Averis, Chil Shabbos. She wanted to scare her away, which is something you do when somebody wants to convert. So she said, No, I'll die where you die. That means <clears throat> I, I, I'm willing to subject myself to the death sentence of a Bezdin by taking on certain mitzvahs which will then subject me to those punishments. Uh, there's a vote from Avner Nezer, the Shemish Mul, his son brings it in his Sefer, that said that, that um, Ruth's greatness comes out here in this Pasuk. Naomi was telling her, you know, when you become Jewish, you take the risk of being punished with the death penalty for Averis, which, if you're not Jewish, doesn't matter, totally benign. So what it was Ruth's response? She didn't say, well, I'll be careful and I won't do those Averis, I won't be subject to those punishments. She didn't say that. She said, okay, let me die by Bezdin. You know what she said to her? That even if I fail and I end up being killed by Bezdin, I'd rather die like this as a sinning Jew who is now punished with the death penalty rather than not be Jewish. 
In other words, I prefer to be Jewish and even be killed by Bezdin because I took on the mitzvahs of a Jew and that made me subject to the death penalty. I'm willing to die like that just to be Jewish. That we see the Messias Nefesh of, of Ruth to become Jewish. Bashama Kaveh is another thing. She said, and there I will be buried. She told her that people that are buried, people that are killed by Bezdin have a separate burial plot. So she said, Vishama Kaveh. I, so I'll be buried in a, in a separate plot if, if I get killed by Bezdin. In other words, I don't care. that These things don't scare me. And then she said a remarkable statement. Ko Hashem. This is in Pasuket Zayin. So shall Hashem do to me, leave. Ko Yosef, may he add even to me. That means whatever suffering I already endured, losing my husband, losing all my wealth, and he should add more affliction on me. But I will still pursue my Jewishness and I want to become Jewish. Only death will separate between us. In other words, I will not leave you until I die. That's the Pshat of Rashi. Um, interesting. Dakedas um, Yitzchak famous Sefer, Rabbi Yitzhak one of the most important commentators mentioned in, in Chesidus, in all Ol's form. He says, Kamovas Yafrid means, <laughs> she was saying like this, I want to be Jewish, and when you're Jewish, and you have a sense of purpose, and divine purpose, and divine destiny, then death separates between me and you, meaning, when you have no spiritual destiny in life, you live like an animal for the here and now to enjoy food and drink like an animal. Then there's no difference between you and everybody else who's like an animal. They're all living in the same universe, all, all experiencing life in exactly the same way. Life is all about getting up in the morning and how can I fulfill my animalistic instincts and desires for this day. There's no difference can be more intelligent, less intelligent, but they're all the same behemoths, all the same animals. When they die, they're also, their lives were meaningless, and their death is also meaningless. So they're all in the same category. But uh, people that have purpose and meaning, that uh, permeates their inner, their selves, their sensibilities, their consciousness, there are differences between people. Somebody who's on a higher level, his experience of life is at a whole different level than the other person. So when it comes to a life which is permeated with purpose, there are, there, are, there are distinctions between people. Each one is an individual. And also in the afterlife, because as the Gemara says, that in Gan Eden, each tzaddik is different. Because in Gan Eden, every person's, every neshama's, Destiny and Eden is individualized to that Neshama's inner capacity. So that's what she's saying. I would rather be Jewish because I know death will separate between us, meaning just like life will separate, death will continue to separate. In other words, because we're, it's an indication that we're living a life with deep internalizing purpose. <clears throat> Now, the Samsefer has a real interesting interpretation here. 
What is she saying? She's saying, May Hashem do to me like this and add. What means you will add? Add what? So one pshat is Rashi says, May add more more suffering and and um, um, if 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 only death will will if he separates with me and you. So Sefer so says the pshat is like this. We know that Rus is spelled Rush Reish Vav Saf. Yisroi, it says, was Yeser was his name when he became when he converted. They added one letter to his name, the Vav. It became Yisroi, because in some uh, psukim he is referred to as Yeser, Yeser Chosnei, Yutzaf Reish. And in the parsha, in parsha Yisroi, he is referred to Yutzaf Reish Vav. So it says when he converted, they added the letter Vav. And why is that? So it says some sefer because the letter Vav, if you take it together, Tov Reish Yud Vav. Is 616, and then when you add the four letters of Yisrael, is together 620. This is six, this is the Tayag mitzvahs and the seven mitzvahs the Rabbanan. So, <clears throat> so Yisrael, so you said that the Rus is is 606. So obviously, um, as we know that she, she already had seven mitzvahs ben before. And she took on 606 more mitzvahs. That's Rus, 606. Because as a Jew, she, she took on 606 more mitzvahs. She said, but just like Yisroi was added a letter, it makes sense that in, um, to confirm and to affirm the conversion of Rus, she also had a letter. And the letter also, a letter Yud. Yud is associated with being a Jew, connected to Yud, maybe Yud the Bittel, Kedusha. So the Indian of Yud, and says, that's alluded in the Gemara. The Gemara says her name was Ruth because Rivohu, her great-grandson, David Melech, uh, um, satisfied Hashem with his praises, with David, his Sefer Tehillim. Rivohu. Rivohu has a Yud in it. So he said that after she converted, they must have added the letter Yud, which became a Reus, instead of Ruth, Reus. And then it becomes 616, Plus the four letters is 620. So this is what she said. No, I want to be Jewish. May Hashem do to me more and add, add another letter to me. The word Moves separates between my name and your name. After you take the extra Vav, the extra Yud, and add it to Rus, which is uh, 616, then you take the name Nomi and add that up, we'll see that the difference in number is exactly the gematria of Moves. So what you were saying is, may God add another letter to my name, and then the word Moves will separate between me and you. The gematria of Nomi, the gematria of Reus, the difference between the two is, is, is the word Moves, which is, 646. <clears throat> I'm sorry, 446. Mavis, 446. Some service says another remarkable thing. An amazing vote. 
that um, Ruth was saying that I want to be Jewish and you're scaring me with all the mitzvahs that I have to take on and the responsibility and the punishment and the risk of punishment I'm taking on. May Hashem give me those mitzvahs and even add more mitzvahs. Even if Hashem gave me double the amount of mitzvahs, Yosef, it wouldn't scare me. Why? The difference between me and you is you were born Jewish and the Jews stood at Mount Sinai and Hashem threatened them with death, with moves, that they must accept the Torah. He held the mountain over their heads. But I do this by my own volition. I'm a Giyoyves. I don't do this because anybody forces me. So for me, mitzvahs don't scare me. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. I'm doing it out of love. And this is an indication that the, 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 the commitment of, of a ger, of a geiris, is so much greater because it's done me'ahava, out of love. Then it says, Vatere and Nomi Soki Misametzasi Loleches, that Ruth is making every effort to go. That means she's not letting her Loleches Ita to go with her. Vatechta Ladabereleot, as she stopped talking to her. The Chido says a remarkable thing. She saw that she was making an extreme effort to go with her and she wasn't relenting. So then she stopped talking to her the, the way we do with conversion. The Gemara says from here we learn that when a convert is told all the different things that he's supposed to be told, like uh, the punishments and this, and he still wants to, don't overdo it. Just accept him and encourage him to pursue his dream. So when she saw that she was so insistent, she said, okay, then, then in that case, you should come with me and become Jewish. But the Chidot says there's another meaning here, Misametzes, amazing word. You know, from the Gemara in uh, Bab Metziah, that the story with Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yechen and Rish Lakish uh, was from, according to Teisus Prat, he was from and then became not from, became a head of gangsters, Till Rabbi Yechenen once uh, saw him, or he saw Rabbi Yechenen swimming in a in a river in the forest, and Rabbi Shlokish from a distance thought Rabbi Yechenen was a woman. He jumped over the the river in but a very mighty jump, which demonstrated his great his power, physical strength. And they had a conversation. Rabbi Yechenen convinced him to do tshuva. In this conversation. And he invited him to come and join his yeshiva and he promised him that if he uses that strength that he just exhibited through this jump to limit a Torah, he knows that he'll become a great sage. And then he would love to offer him his own sister. And that's exactly what he did. He joined the yeshiva. But the Gemara says there that as soon as he made up this commitment to Rabbi Yechem that he'll join his yeshiva and do tshuva, he tried to jump back the river to go back to his base wherever he was, you know, settled, wherever he was centered with his gangs. And he couldn't jump over the way he jumped the first time when he came. And the Gemara says that's because as soon as a Jew makes a commitment to become Jewish or to become committed to Torah, you lose your physical strength. Torah and physical strength don't go together. So he says, this is the pshat here, ki misametzas 
suddenly Nomi Nin realized that that Ruth was making a strong effort to walk. Laleches. Until that moment, Ruth was the younger one. She was the vigorous one, the one who walked vigorously. Nomi was the one who slow, was slower and Ruth slowed down for her. Suddenly she noticed that something changed in Ruth's uh, vigorous walk. She no longer was vigorous. In fact, she had to make a, a, it was hard for her to walk. She was weak. She had to make an effort. And she said, ah, that's a sign that she's truly committed to convert, and that's why she lost her strength. They say a similar vote from the Tzanzarov. There was a, a goy, a very influential and powerful goy in Tzanz that didn't like Jews, and it would make a lot of trouble for the Jews. He would tell on them to the government, to the Jews. When the, when the Jews did something illegal, he would report to the government. So once they asked the Tzanzarov, what should we do? The, the guy is making us a lot of trouble with the law. And he would say, and the Tzanzarov says, don't worry, I'm telling you, you'll see. He'll stop this very soon. A long time went by, nothing changed. One day, this guy is walking past the shul of the Tzanzarov, and the windows were open. It was a summer day, it was Shabbos. And he hears the singing, the beautiful, beautiful Zmiris at the tish, at the table of the Tzanzarov. And he was captivated. He had a musical sense, and he was captivated by the music. He was so drawn by it that he decided to walk into the show. He stood by the door, by the entrance, and just watched in amazement and just couldn't stop. He couldn't pull himself away. He was magically drawn to the music. And they kept singing and singing, and he pushed it. It, it captivated him. And when he walked away, he thought, you know, the Jews are not so bad. There's something about them that's unique. And he started looking more into it, more into it, and... Lo and behold, after a while, he decided he wants to become Jewish. At first, they discouraged him. They came to the best and said, no, as we usually do, we discourage him. But he was persistent. He needs to become Jewish. Um, <clears throat> In the end, he became fully Jewish and he became very committed to Yiddishkeit. And then they noticed that his strength started waning. He became like very weak and feeble, it wasn't the same person as it was before. And they told the Tzanzarov, Tzanzarov says, oh, that's a simon that his conversion is genuine. When Naomi saw that Ruth was becoming a little bit hard of walking, she had to make a, a big effort to walk. She said, aha, she stopped talking to her about going back. She says, oh, this is a genuine convert. And they both walked until they came to Beislechem. As soon as they came to Beislechem, the entire city was in an uproar over them. And they said, This is Naomi. People were shocked to see Naomi in this state where she is so poor and, and downtrodden. She didn't look the same. She was this wealthy woman, and now she came back like a bag lady. Now, um, Rashi says, this is from Chazal, the whole city was in an uproar. So, obviously, the difficulty in the Pasha, in the Pasuk here is, why was the whole city suddenly in one place? We can understand that people who saw her were shocked to see Naomi in this state, but the entire city happened to be in one place seeing her at once. 
from here Chazal learned that the city was guarded for a different reason. On that day, Boaz's wife had died, and there was a, a lavaya funeral. And that's why the whole city was guarded. And so when Nomi came in, everybody saw her. The entire city was there to see her. So the, the Chassam Sefer says an amazing vote. You have to understand um, that um, Nomi obviously knew that Boyaz was her late husband's nephew. As we mentioned before, he was his nephew. She was also related to him. So he was a close relative. And he was a very wealthy and influential man. So she could have, probably most likely she was hoping that Boyaz will help her and Ruth establish themselves in Eretz Yisrael. But of course, it's not so appropriate, especially in a from Jewish society, that she would go and and start talking to Boaz, such an important rov, such an important sage. So she was hoping to do this through the wife of Boaz, by becoming acquainted with her and revealing to her her relationship with her husband, with Boaz. But then when she came to the city, she heard that Boaz's wife died, so her only link to Boaz was just taken away from her. And that's why it says, in Chav, she said she said to the people who were so shocked to see her, Al nomi, don't call me nomi, which means pleasant. Krenali mora. Kehemar, call me bitter, because Hashem Shakai Hashem had made me very bitter. In other words, she was take, talking about this Leviah. Now I realize that all my hope of being able to establish myself here in the in Eretz Yisrael in Beis Lechem is now just vanished because how am I going to approach Boyaz? I'm a, just a poor woman. My only hope was through his wife. But little did Nomi know that this is all Ashgacha Pratis. As the Chazal say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Magdim Lamaka. The Ebishter preceded the cure before the illness and he brought Rus to Eretz Yisrael right when Boaz's wife died. So now Boaz would be ready to marry Rus. So the whole, so the history of the unfolding of David Melech could continue to happen swiftly and smoothly until the coming of Mashiach, the grandson of David, and the world history will come to facilitate the world, the the, the world of history unfolding. Um, all the way until the coming of Mashiach. So <clears throat> this is what she's saying. Hey, I've become very bitter. Don't call me Nomi. Now that I found out that his wife died, it makes my life even more bitter. Interestingly enough, that Hamer uh, comes also in the word Kehamer Yamer in this week's parasha to uh, trade, to substitute, to to switch. Um, so the word Nomi, if you switch around the letters, it's Aniim, poor people. We are poor, two poor women here. Hey, Marli Maid, Hashem has taken my name and switched around the letters, the Tzirufim, and made it into something uh, very miserable. We're experiencing poverty. I left this city 
full, that means wealthy, full with children and and a lot of money. God brought me back empty-handed. Why are you calling me Nomi? And Hashem has done evil to me. The last Pesach of the Perik. And Nomi and Rus, the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, went back with her. Hashavah Mizdayah Mayav, who came back from Zdayah Mayav, they came to Beislechem, the beginning of the season of the harvest of barley. Chazal say the harvest of barley is right before Pesach. And whenever it says Ketzir Sa'irim in Tanakh, it means it was the harvest of the Eimer. They were busy harvesting barley for the Korban Mincha of the Eimer on second day Pesach. This follows the Medrash that they were they arrived Erev Pesach, which was when, when they harvested the, the, the barley, even though in the Mishnah it says that they harvested Matzah Yantavarishin. But uh, sometimes when there was no choice, they did it before Yantav. In other Medrashim it says they arrived on Pesach itself, as the Chsam Sefer mentioned. Interesting, the um, two more points. The Chsam Sefer says, we said earlier that Naomi told Ruth about two mitzvahs, Tchumin, the Isra to go outside the Tchum Shabbos, and the other one um, was the Isra Yichud. And it's interesting, both of these mitzvahs, the Rabbanan, were instituted by her grandchildren. David and Shleimer. David instituted Eruvin. Um, sorry, David instituted Yichud, that a Pnuya, a non-married woman, shouldn't have Yichud. And Shleimer Melech instituted Eruvin. And so, in the Schos, that she was Makabal, some server brings this from his son-in-law, a nice pshat, that because she said to, to Naomi, I'm accepting Tchumen and I'm accepting um, the Isra Yichud, that's why she had this chuz that her two descendants, David and Shleim, instituted these two mitzvahs, the Rabbanan. Also, one last thing, the word Moro, she said, don't call me Nomi, call me Moro, because I'm bitter. God gave me a bitter life. Moro is spelled with an Aleph at the end. Normally, Hebrew words don't come with an Aleph at the end. Yeah, the song was like Loi. But uh, Mora, you know, it, it usually spends with a hay. So there is a number of uh, suggestions, and Shleima uh, Alkavats in his Sheresh Yishai says that the Aleph of Mora is um, is is four less than the hay. Hay is five, and Aleph is one. That means she was saying, I've lost four precious things. I've lost my husband, my two sons, and all my wealth. That's why she it uses the Aleph. Abina Bachaya says that in, in, in Hebrew grammar, uh, vocabulary, whenever you put an Aleph instead of a hey, it's showing that this this situation is gone to an extreme. It says, for example, when it comes to the Mon, in Pashas Baalaisa, the Jews complained about the Mon, uh, and Hashem says, It will come to you as something very foreign. That the man wouldn't agree with them.
So he says, um, or maybe he talks about the Slav, I can't remember, but the word Zor is a written with an Aleph, even though it should be written with a Hey. Since it's to, sh- to make it extreme, it will be an extremely foreign, disagreeable thing with you. Same thing here, Moro, when you want to describe a bitterness that is not to an extreme, you use an Aleph instead of a Hey. Shreem Alkavat, Shreem Alkavat says that it comes from the word Mora Vechatsina in the Gemara in Aramaic. Mora means a shovel. She was telling them, I buried three members of my family with a shovel. All right.